What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I am joined again, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, it's a special time of year. Football season is just around the corner. Uh, we've got you know some running back news lately with the uh, Ezekiel Elliott signing that we talked about last uh, last episode. Um, of course, also the Dalvin Cook signing, and now there's some Jonathan Taylor <laughs> trade rumors. He's officially uh, free to go look for a deal, but we're not here to talk about that today. We are here to talk about the quarterback position because we are kicking off our position preview madness, as we call it. We're going to try to cram <laughs> in four uh, position preview episodes this week if we can if we can possibly do it because uh, we know this is the peak of fantasy football drafting season. Uh, and we're, of course, going to begin with the most important position in real-life football, the quarterback position. Are you pumped? I am pumped. And, yes, it is the most uh, you know, important in real life, not so much in fantasy, but for those super flex leagues out there, it becomes a lot more important. So we'll, we'll get, we'll dig deep. We'll talk about some, uh, we'll get all the way down into the twenties and even like some of the backup quarterbacks who might be interesting. Uh, I want to ask you about the Arizona situation, which that's, that'll be later in the episode for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. We're covering every team where I, I'm, I got 45 quarterbacks to talk about today. So all right, <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, man, let's do it. I think we want to. Uh, I mean, maybe we should just kind of talk about like general quarterback strategy as it relates to you know. I know that like JJ Zacharyson was the late round quarterback. Is the late round quarterback? I heard him on a podcast. I think Justin Boone the other day talking about how you know you have to kind of adapt and late round quarterback isn't what it used to be. So curious, like what your overall draft strategy is with quarterback. Do you tend to skew late or are you uh, buying into sort of like the big three or four or something like that at the top? Well, you know, last year was interesting because last year you did, it was sort of like a revival of um, things we saw years ago where there was a huge difference between the upper echelon quarterbacks and everybody else. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you did have one of those top three guys last season, those three being Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes, you had a pretty big weekly advantage over your opponents. Um, now I play in some six-point for passing touchdown leagues and in those leagues it was an even bigger discrepancy uh there so you know be mindful of your settings um i you know historically i've never really been wedded to any one strategy when it comes to quarterbacks i just always look for i treat it the same way i treat other positions i i want to find the edge over my opponents so mm -hmm. i'm trying to figure out where teardrops are where i can get big uh, advantages over my opponents, um, whether it's at QB, whether it's at RB1, whether it's at wide receiver two, whatever the case may be, because that's how it's going to all add up for you is, you know, break down each of your starting lineup positions and are you better or worse than most of the people in your league at those positions? So that's really what it all comes down to. And then there's, there's just a lot of variation in that strategy because, you know, you mentioned it before, there's super flex leagues are a big thing right now. So obviously you need to prioritize quarterbacks a lot more significantly uh, in those super flex leagues than you do in the single QB leagues. Um, in single QB, I'm not going to overreact to what happened last season and, um, you know, feel like, oh, you got to take one of those big three in the first round or something like that. I don't, I don't think, you know, most people aren't doing that. And I don't, I, I think that's the right call. It's, you don't want to overreact to one season. Um, I still sort of like, I'm, I'm okay with in like a standard 10 or a 12 team league with a single QB, just sort of 
uh, waiting on the position and maybe drafting a couple guys. You know, Jeff Ratcliffe is someone who's talked about this, like take a, a boring veteran and then an upside guy. Yep. You know, I, I think that's a very viable strategy um, in a single quarterback league. Um, but again, if if a guy like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts falls, like if they fall into the third round of a draft or something like that, uh, I would certainly be open to taking them. So there's a lot of different ways to build a roster. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's all about value, kind of like you said. It's like if they fall to the third round, I mean, that's kind of where I have them ranked overall. Uh, and I'll just kind of get into my first tier, which is probably your first tier, but we'll, we'll get into, the, in, into that. My first tier is Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts, and I have them ranked kind of in the 29 to 31 range. So I'm looking in the middle to end of the first round if they fall to you. So Again, yeah, know your league, know your league rules, all that. Um, we can debate on th- maybe the order of those guys, um, but I, I don't think I'm going to get them in many leagues this year because I'm not taking them where their ADP is. Mahomes' ADP looks like it's 14 right now, looking at a consensus or aggregate on Fantasy Pros, and uh, the other guys are, are not far behind. So, like, and as you get into your home leagues, I just think, yeah, you talk about like first, like some some of those guys are going to go like at the end of the first round. You know, someone's going to take Patrick Mahomes. Um, someone in my one of my leagues, keeper leagues, is keeping Patrick Mahomes for a third round pick, which you know is is fine. Uh, I don't know that I would do that, but you know, it's people people value those guys pretty highly, so I think they're going to go high, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not going to reach until about the third round, kind of like what you say. So I agree with you there. Yeah, I think I've got them just a few spots higher than you, but pretty close. I've got them at. Uh, at 27, 28, and 29. So same same general area. Th- early third round, I think. Um, if I've already you know started off with, say, a running back and a wide receiver in the first two rounds, something like that, I, I could mm-hmm. see uh, the appeal of maybe doing that rather than grabbing a second uh, receiver or a second running back. It really just depends what you want to do. I mean, um, for me, a lot of it with quarterbacks is like where is the – the drop-off happening at other positions, you know, because it's like if there's not a running back or a wide receiver that you're excited to take uh, at a certain point in the draft, that's a logical time to dip your toes into the water for quarterback, you know, or or tight end yeah. for that matter, those, those onesie positions, you know. So it's always just about finding the right fit at the time of your draft if you're in a snake draft. If you're in an auction draft, it's a whole whole nother matter, but uh, all – all the same it's really it's the same idea really I, I don't I think we're on the same page that you're not we're not we're not gonna go like all in on these top three quarterbacks just because um, they had a, a big edge over the competition last season and I mean I think they are very safe players um, but the chance of them of all three of them uh, standing out over the com- the competition like they did last year isn't isn't particularly high. I mean, there's going to be some guys lower that have big seasons and maybe one of these top 3 fall off as well. Yeah, and and if I do if I do draft one of those top 3, I'm not drafting a backup quarterback, you know, in a, in a one QB league like you were talking about. I do like the strategy of like like a Geno Smith uh pairing with an Anthony Richardson or something like that. Uh, we'll get into some of those guys later. Um but yeah, the, the top guys in a one QB league, I'm probably just going to draft one and then just load up on running backs and wide receivers, getting a little bit into our overall draft strategy. I know we're going to get to some of those positions later, but that's that's sort of what I like to do, whether it's early quarterback, late quarterback. I'm probably only going to draft uh, one in general. Um, and then mm-hmm. in Superflex, you know, you, you want to have two, uh, often three, uh, in a in a startup or, or in just like a Superflex league for sure. Yeah, so in a Superflex league, like how early are you looking at these guys, these top three guys? Oh, yeah, I mean – 
I, one, two, three. <laughs> I would I would consider them right at the top. So if you are in a super flex, then um, no problem taking them right at the top. Um, you can look at Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey, some of these other guys. Um, but like when we did Scott Fishbowl, for instance, uh, I kind of pre-ranked. I, I wanted to pick in the top six because uh, I really or, or seven, I guess, because Kelsey with this with the tight end premium. Um, but I had kind of I have kind of six guys I really like a lot at the quarterback position. And uh, yeah, I'm fi- I'd be fine taking any of those six really in a, in a super flex. Yeah, I mean that was pretty much how I was looking at it um, coming into the Scott Fishbowl. But then um, because of those weird rules, and I ended up taking I picked second, and I took Kelsey because mm-hmm. I felt like he used just such a massive cheat code in that particular scoring format. And I I ended up liking how my team came together, uh, taking quarterbacks in the third and fourth rounds instead of uh, in the first and second rounds. So that that just made me question that strategy just a little bit. I probably still go quarterbacks at the top of the draft in Superflex, but like again, there's more than one way to build a team and you could take a you could take a Justin Jefferson, you could take a Christian McCaffrey, you could take a Travis Kelsey and still end up with two pretty solid quarterbacks um later on. The thing you don't want to do in Superflex obviously is wait too long because you know, once you get to outside the top 20 quarterbacks, it can get pretty scary. Yeah, for sure. Well, just talking about that tier with those three, um, like I said, I have them ranked Allen, Mahomes, Hertz. Uh, how do you have them ranked? I've got them the same as you. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I, I know, like, I think actually it seems like, I mean, I, I'd be curious to see what the percentage in the fantasy industry is in terms of of uh, where each of these guys are. Yeah. Because, you know, I feel like it's pretty much like, a third of people are probably behind each one of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like you can make a case really for all three of them uh, pretty uh, evenly. I think, um, you know, for me, it's just Josh Allen, I think is the one who um, has been, he kind of has the, the track record that Mahomes has, um, but he's got the weapons more similar to what Hertz has. So like, to me, he's kind of like the best of both worlds because I just, I just feel like you look at Buffalo and uh, it's, it's consistency. You know, it's basically mm-hmm. they're 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 rolling it back with um, essentially the same team, except adding um, Dalton Kincaid as another passing game weapon, and then of course uh, James Cook um, could be ready to. Uh, I know you 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 would agree with this. Could be ready to <laughs> yeah. take on a really big role in the passing game and be and be an additional weapon. So um, to me, that just is what makes him stand out. I mean. You know, you look at Jalen Hurts, and um, I just don't – he ran for 13 touchdowns last season. I, I don't see that happening again. Uh, he certainly has some room for growth in the passing department, and he really impressed me as a thrower last season. That was the thing that really stood out to me was that he was a better passer than I, I at least was giving him credit for coming into last season. So um, that helps, but if he's not running for as many touchdowns, I don't think he's likely to outscore Allen again. And then with Mahomes, it's just a question of the weapons. You know, I mean, Kelsey is great, but beyond that, the wide receiver group is pretty dicey. And Mahomes can make it work with anybody, but he finished third amongst this group last season, and he's got his work cut out for him with this uh, cast of characters this year as well. Yeah, and I'm with you with you know Allen kind of having the best of both worlds, having having the rushing not quite like like Hertz. I'm looking at uh, odds on DraftKings to lead the, the league in rushing touchdown. Hertz is fifth after running backs like Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Bijan Robinson. So, yeah, people think he can score double-digit t- touchdowns again on the ground, and he certainly can. 
Um, could even lead the league in rushing touchdowns, which is crazy for a quarterback. But um, yeah, Josh Allen, I, I, I just agree with you there. And you, you didn't even mention Gabe Davis, who was injured uh, quite <laughs> a bit last year. You know, he's coming back. Um, they have Deontay Hardy. Uh, they drafted Justin Shorter for some depth. I mean, you never know. A guy like that could emerge if given the opportunity. So yeah, Dalton Kincaid, of course. They just, they've got the weapons. Um, I, I think Buffalo, that division is tough. They're going to need to pass to kind of keep up with, you know, now that they have Aaron Rodgers over there. Um, Tua is going to be slinging it. So I just, I really like it. And I think with Mahomes, the reason I don't have him number one kind of has to do with, you know, Kelsey is older. If Kelsey gets dinged up, it's a lot of guys there and and Mahomes can spread it around. He's awesome. But like, they don't have the big weapons um, like Hertz has, like Josh Allen has. So I'm, if anything, I'm almost tempted to put uh, Mahomes behind Hertz. Um, but anyway, yeah. it's, it's splitting yeah, hairs. Yeah, no, I it's see a, that. Yeah. I see that argument. I uh, It's just, for me, it's like, we just know that Mahomes is like the best player in the NFL, you know? Right. So it's like, of course, Jalen Hurts probably has more upside, honestly, than Mahomes, which is a weird thing to say. But I think it is true just based on what we saw last season. Um, but I think Mahomes is safer, you know? And yeah. uh, and the difference even in the upside, in the upside case is not massive. I mean, Hurts last season outscored Mahomes by 0.7 fantasy points per game. So not a massive difference. So I just... Uh, early rounds, I don't want to. I don't want to blow my draft, so I, I lean a little bit towards safety. But the bottom line, I think, is that all three of these guys are are really safe and have really high ceilings and high floors, and are just just really good players. It's just more a question of your roster build. Yeah, and what I was going to say about tiers is like this: why this is why you have tiers because if I'm in the third round and someone takes Mahomes, uh, and then maybe it's a couple more picks to me. Maybe I want to take Allen, or maybe I let maybe I let one more guy go and then I end up with Hertz. Like I'm fine with any of these guys is the point here. They're all awesome <laughs> for various reasons and they're all in a tier and I kind of don't want to be the first, you know, to get a guy like I'd almost rather be in a, a spot to get value and get one of these three toward the end of the third. If it falls that way. Yeah, that makes sense. But now that I think the question then becomes how big a drop off is there after these three mm-hmm. to your second tier and how many, how many quarterbacks do you have in that second tier? So I have a tier uh, of two guys, uh, I, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show about how many tiers, and you have more tiers than me. You have some tiers of one. I'm interested to see if you have a tier of one here. I have a tier of two. I have Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. Um, but when I look at my overall rankings, I definitely have Lamar slightly higher. Uh, so it's like it is a tier, but those those other three I, I could literally put back to back in my overall, and I do. Um, but with these, I have Lamar at four, and I have Justin Fields at five. And you know, I've talked about Fields a bit. I'm I'm going to keep him in a league. Uh, for a ninth round pick, which is great value. And I just, I love the additional weapons, you know, DJ Moore. Uh, I just love the amount of rushing that Fields did last year. If he improves at all as a passer, uh, it's just going to be, it's going to be great. I mean, for fantasy, it's like adding like a, a running back one or two to a quarterback. It's that, it's that cheat code. And that's what Lamar can do too, obviously. And, you know, Lamar has Monk in there. Now, probably going to throw the ball a lot more. Both of these guys just might throw the ball a lot more in addition to the running. So that's why I'm excited about both of them and put them in a, in a tier together. Yeah, no, I understand that. I've, I've, I considered doing that as well. Um, but I actually, I do just have Lamar Jackson in, in his own tier here. Um, and Justin Fields, I actually don't even have at the top of the next tier. Uh, but I do have him in the next tier. Uh, I guess my concern with Fields is just, is he going, I mean, how much is he going to run compared to last season? I, it seems like, I mean, he himself has said, like, I don't, 
plan to run for a thousand yards every season. Like yeah. their GM has said, like he's going to run less this year. Um, and and I just don't. I mean, I think he could be a good passer, but like that is that needs to be proven. You know, um, I, I have a little more confidence in Lamar Jackson as a passer. I also just have a little more confidence that he's going to continue to run because he's done it year after year after year mm-hmm. uh, i'll have more confidence in the weapons that lamar jackson has across the board i, I your point is taken on tj Moore. he's a really good player but i think when you look at the the weapons as a whole you still would clearly have to say the ravens have better weapons i think i like their offensive philosophy with monk and i I'm not so sure about the Bears' offensive philosophy to the same extent. So for all those reasons, like I don't, like I I think Fields has a he has QB one overall upside. Like I do acknowledge that. Um, I just think he's um, got a little bit more uncertainty and risk than Lamar. So um, for that reason, I do have Lamar in a tier of his own here. Well, I mean, you mentioned the weapons. I I mean, Mark Andrews is like you know heads and shoulders above <laughs> Cole Komet. For sure, you know, but when you look at the receiving core, I don't know, man. Like, I, I would disagree just because I think I like DJ Moore a lot. He's a really good player. And I don't know that the Ravens have anyone better than just a really good player. You know, they just drafted Zay Flowers, who I like a lot. Will Odell Beckham Jr. be able to stay on the field? You know, Rashad Bateman already is dealing, you know, has, has had some injuries in his young career. So there are some question marks. I think if Bateman is healthy, if Odell Beckham Jr. is healthy, then I think you're right there for sure. Um, but I just, you know. I don't know that they will be healthy. So I just think like with, with Darnell Mooney and some other pieces there uh, behind DJ Moore, uh, you know, Chase Claypool, they, they drafted him. He went over mid season, like maybe he's a bigger part. Uh, you know, they, they gave up a lot of draft capital to get Claypool over there. So I like the weapons. It's just a matter of, like you said, what can, what can fields do with it? We haven't really seen it. Lamar is more proven. He's been in the league longer. So yeah, I mean, I definitely have him higher and would take him I mean, I've heard some people say like he belongs in that first tier with the other guys. I mean, he's been an MVP. He could do it again, but I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I wouldn't either because of last season. I mean, last season was not a great season for Lamar. Um, so I think based on that, you, you, you can't ignore it completely, you know? I mean, um, so yeah, I, I think like, and I mean, he was still very good, but he just wasn't like the league winning type of quarterback that he had been. Uh, in previous seasons and um but I think he could get back there with this new revamped offense and we can agree to disagree on the Bears and Ravens weapons I mean yeah I don't know I'll agree that it's that the that the you know it's closer now with the addition of DJ Moore but I still think you know if you say like Mark Andrews and DJ Moore um you know cross each other out uh after that I I I would side pretty heavily with um, the potential of those of those Ravens receivers over um, the secondary options of the Bears, but again, you know, it's it's not like it's 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 not just that for me. It's also just the offensive philosophy and the track record of the player. So, um, but I, I get it. Yeah. I, I think if anyone belonged in a tier with it, with Lamar, it would be Fields because they both bring that rushing upside to the table. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then after that, uh, I've got a, a much bigger tier. Um, I love Justin Herbert this year. I've got him at six. I've got a tier of four guys here, and I actually threw Anthony Richardson in it uh, when he was declared the starter, which is, I mean, I maybe a little bit bold to have him in my top ten, but again, like if he can rush for a thousand yards, like he's probably going to be a top ten quarterback regardless of if he throws. I mean, if he only throws for like eighteen hundred yards and has fifteen touchdowns in the, in the air, he could still be, you know, a QB one. So I've got Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and Anthony Richardson 
in this next tier. Um, who, who's in your next tier? So my tier is just three guys. It's it's Burrow, Herbert, and Fields. Um, and I was very close to putting Trevor Lawrence in that tier as well. Um, mm-hmm. I actually put him in a tier of his own, <laughs> another singleton tier yeah. uh, right after this. because, um, And I actually have Anthony Richardson down at tw- QB 12, and um, I have a whole tier of guys ahead of him. Um, so just to, you know, I guess I'll just lay it out a little more broadly what I'm thinking with my tiers. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this tier, this third tier of Burrow, Herbert, and Fields are all guys who I feel like have shown they can be top five quarterbacks. Um, now, Burrow's done it for an entire season. Uh, last season, Herbert did it for an entire season the year before. Fields did it down the stretch last year, the second half of last season. Um, you can't say that about Trevor Lawrence. You can't say that, yeah. obviously, about Anthony Richardson. So for me, that's why I think those three guys belong in their own tier, just because they've shown that upside uh, in actual NFL competition. Um, Lawrence, to me, like last season, he was pretty much the same as the guys I have in the next tier, which are Tua Tagovailoa, Geno Smith, and Daniel Jones. Mm. Like he he was essentially the same as those guys last season um, in terms of points per game. Uh, so like. You know, because he averaged uh, 17.4 points per game. Tua was at 17.8. Geno was 17.9. And Daniel Jones was 18.1. So those three actually all outscored him uh, in points per game. But it was close. You yeah. Know? Um, but the reason I have him higher is obviously the pedigree of the number one overall pick, the amount of talent that he clearly possesses, the fact that Calvin Ridley yeah. um, is now in the fold. I mean, that's just a huge weapon added there. And then third year in the system with Doug Peterson, I feel like we could see some some growth from Trevor Lawrence. So, like, I don't think he belongs in the same tier with Tua and Geno and Dimes for that reason. But I also don't think he belongs uh, in the same tier as Burrow and Herbert and Fields because he just hasn't shown that um, scoring upside yet. Yeah, that's a good argument. I mean, like, I mean, Tr- Trevor Lawrence, I like him for all those reasons you said. I'm glad you mentioned Calvin Ridley because that's a big addition, obviously. Um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, the thing about him is, you're right, he hasn't shown it for like a big stretch. I feel like he improved a lot last year over the year before, though, and even in the playoffs. Like, he was awesome in the playoffs. He was awesome in that comeback against the Chargers. You know, like, he showed what he can do in the playoffs where it matters most, which is like that lasting impression to me. Probably why I like Gabe Davis last year a little bit too much, <laughs> you know, because he left that lasting mm-hmm. impression. Um, but yeah, Lawrence, for all those reasons, I, I agree with you. Um, I just would put him up here because yeah, he does have that. He has that ceiling. I think he could be an MVP candidate, you know, like I think they could win that division easily. That division stinks. <laughs> and if they win 10, 11 games and he's awesome, he could, he could be an MVP. Um, so yeah, that's more real life football. But again, I think in fantasy, I just, I look at him as a pretty rock solid, uh, top 10 quarterback at this point with top five upside. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I don't mean to suggest I'm down on him in any way because I'm not. I'm very high on Trevor Lawrence. I, I agree. I think he's another guy that has QB1 overall upside. And just like, you know, zooming out a little bit and like putting these tiers in perspective in terms of our overall rankings, mm-hmm. like it's not a big difference for me between the, these tiers of quarterbacks. Um, like the, the only difference between Lawrence and Burrow, Herbert, and Fields for me is a tier of wide receivers that I would take over Lawrence and not the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a tier that includes D- DJ Moore, by the way. Okay. Uh, yep. <laughs> and then uh, in terms of the, the next tier of guys, Tua and Gino and Daniel Jones, like I like those guys a lot too. And really the only difference between 
Trevor Lawrence and them for me is a, a few running backs and uh, a handful of tight ends that I would take um, before them. So we're really talking like a round of difference uh, in a snake draft for me between these tiers. It's not huge amount, maybe half a round sometimes uh, of difference. So it's not, these are not massive tier breaks for me. I think the bigger tier, tier breaks come a little bit later. Um, like I, there's about uh, 15 quarterbacks um, that I, that I could be, I could see being my starter uh, in a single quarterback league and not feeling disgusted by it. And after that, it starts to not not feel so great. <laughs> yeah, um, I get that. But I, but I did want to touch on Anthony Richardson since you have him aggressively ranked, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think he has a high floor. Uh, I don't necessarily think he has a high ceiling, though. Uh, you know, I just don't. I'm skeptical about his passing ability, and then it's just a question of, like, how much can he possibly do with his legs? I mean, yeah. he's going to need to score touchdowns, you know, not just rushing yards. So, um, I, you know, I guess the, the the upside scenario is kind of Justin Fields from last season. I guess that's what you might say. Um, I would personally argue, though, that Justin Fields was a much more um, – and again, this is in perspective because I was just saying I think Lamar Jackson is more proven as a passer than Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. But I also felt better about Justin Fields as a passer than I do about Anthony Richardson. You know, I, I agree. think he's got a lot to prove. And I think they're going to run a very um, conservative offense. Uh, I just don't think they're going to score a ton of points. So, like, the rushing floor is going to make him probably a low-end QB1. But – I'm having trouble seeing him as a as a high end QB one. I, I like I'm not sure the upside's quite there. Yeah, and I I, I think um, I I wouldn't even really equate him to Justin Fields because I agree with you. Justin Fields I think is a way better passer uh, coming out of college. Uh, what he's shown in the pros so far, what I think he can do this year. Anthony Richardson, I'm just looking at more of like, yeah, he's I think he's going to rush a ton. I think he will score a lot of touchdowns. I think he'll run people over, which is not really Justin Fields. It's more like a Cam Newton, right? I mean. Obviously, people have made that comparison with him going to Florida and Cam was there for a bit, things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think he could he could be not great, but I also think he's starting week one, which is awesome. That's why I moved him up quite a bit because I actually thought with Steichen coming over from Philly with Gardner Minshew that Minshew might start week one, you know, play a couple weeks. But the fact that Richardson's getting a, getting a shot and with the new coach, with this whole Jonathan Taylor mess, maybe he's gone. It, they almost feel like they're getting into a little bit of a rebuild mode. And I think they could just give Richardson the keys as long as he stays healthy. So I think if he plays 16, 17 games and they just let him go, whether he's that good or not, if they're losing games, maybe they don't care. So that, that I just, I see the upside um, if they kind of let him play, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't know if the offense is going to be good enough. Um, but I, I guess the interesting question is him versus, you know, that tier I was talking about of Tua, Gino and Daniel Jones, because, I feel like all these guys are a little bit underrated um, in terms of their their what they did last season and the fact that they can easily do it again. I mean, yeah. I, I don't see any reason they can't. I mean, Tua is rolling it back with the arguably the best one-two combination at wide receiver in the entire league and arguably the best offensive play caller in the entire league. So, you know, and I was a guy who was skeptical about Tua in the past, but I have had an epiphany and and I am sold on Tua now. (laughs) I just think he's in the perfect situation for his skill set. And we saw it last season. I mean, he was just consistently putting up QB1 numbers 
uh, when he was healthy. It was just a, it was just about injury really for Tua, and I I feel like if he can just stay healthy, like he has top five upside. Um, Gino was a top five quarterback last season, yep. and. They've only, you know, we talked about him before. I mean, they've only improved his weapons. I mean, they yeah. added Jackson Smith and Jigma. They added uh, Zach Charbonnet. They, they're bringing everybody else back. So, like, you know, I don't see why Gino can't r- replicate what he did last year um, when he was a, a top nine fantasy quarterback. Uh, and then Daniel Jones. I mean, you know, we talked about the rushing. He had 700 rushing yards and seven touchdowns last year. I mean, his rushing numbers were comparable to you know Lamar Jackson's and um, and and Josh Allen's and Jalen Hurts's in terms of rushing yardage so uh, you know I'm not sure people always think about him quite in the same uh, category as those guys as a rusher but he actually did do that last year so yeah for me those guys all have a, a ceiling case as well and I feel like they have a um, I, I like I actually think they have a better chance of reaching their, their ceiling because they did last season so um, I would take them ahead of Richardson, but like uh, Richardson, I still like in like a single QB league. It's like if he if he falls, like pair him with a veteran guy. I still like that strategy. I'm not yeah. out on him by any means. I just like those guys more. Well, and I love the idea of taking. That's where like if I took Richardson, you know, somewhere I'm I'm just pulling up his ADP. I mean, he's going you know going in the middle rounds. Like all these guys are kind of going around like pick 100 who, where you're, who you're talking about. So. If you're in a 10-team league, it's the 10th round. If it's a 12-team league, you know, maybe 8th round or whatever. So, yeah, like if, you, if you're – you even you could double tap on quarterback right there, you know. Somewhere in the 9th, 10th round, maybe grab two of these guys. If you if you grab Richardson, maybe you want to grab a Geno Smith, like I mentioned before, or Daniel Jones. I'm okay with that scenario and just see how it kind of plays out. Because if Richardson stinks, then, yeah, you've, you've got someone who I agree. Those guys have shown it. I have them in a tier. Uh, same thing. Like I have Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson, who you didn't mention – Tua and Geno Smith in a tier four. That's my QBs 10 through 13. So I'm with you there. Um, Deshaun Watson, I mean, gosh, like I could rank him here. I could rank him 10 spots lower. It's it's really hard to know, but I mean, he obviously has that upside too. He's shown it. It's just been a while. And he has some really good weapons. You know, Elijah Moore, a lot of, a lot of offseason hype around him. And, you know, we've talked about David Njoku before, how he was kind of sneaky good last year. I know you like Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, your Michigan man. Like he had a really good season. Uh, they they drafted Cedric Tillman, who's a really good receiver. So they've got some they've got some weapons there and a great offensive line. Uh, they're going to hammer it with Nick Chubb. Uh, you know, like I said, he's the odds-on favorite to lead the league in rushing yards. He's up there for rushing touchdowns as well. But I think Watson and that whole offense could really hum uh, for the Browns this year. Finally, you know, people have been waiting a while, but I think Watson belongs in that conversation too. Yeah, I actually have Watson and Richardson in a tier by themselves uh, because so they're they're my tier after Tua, Gino, and Daniel Jones because I that just, makes sense. I guess I just don't really know what I'm gonna get exactly from either of them, and yeah. I do feel like I know what I'm gonna get from the other guys. So like to me, that's that's kind of the big difference. I mean, yeah, I, Watson has the full range of outcomes uh, that are possible. I'm I'm just getting the like the vibes I'm getting though from training camp and how he looked last season and all of that like it just I like I feel like I'm I'm feeling a little less bullish that he's gonna be like the Texans era Deshaun Watson this season you know yeah I, it, I'm getting some like you know Russell Wilson last season vibes <laughs> a little bit um so you know I think he still has the upside it's just it's really a question of how likely he is to hit that upside. Um, Cause I think 
there's another world where he's, you know, he's just a guy. He's just kind of like a, he won't be, I don't think he's going to be terrible, but I could see a scenario where he's like QB 20 or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, um, so that's why I, I you know, I, I, I would go with those other guys ahead and put him in that tier with Richardson as kind of like the mystery box tier. Yeah. Well, just before we get too deep, I wanted to zoom out a little bit too about my overall, like when we were talking about Herbert and Burrow, I have them ranked right around uh, 60th overall. So like, I love Herbert this year. I mean, you you know, we didn't really touch on him too much, but you know, with Kellen Moore coming over there, uh, you know, and he's, I mean, he's obviously thrown for over 5,000 yards in the season. Uh, He, he almost did it again last year and was banged up with the rib injury. Uh, you know, they drafted uh, Quentin Johnson. Like, I love I love Herbert. He doesn't really have the the rushing upside. I mean, he, he's not a zero at rushing. Like, he can get out there and scramble a little bit. And he didn't have any touchdowns, uh, rushing touchdowns last year. He had five his rookie year, three his sophomore year. So I feel like there's some regression there as well, uh, positive regression. Positive regression. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, for him to maybe be healthy, he probably wasn't running because he's worried about that rib, you know. So I think, I think Herbert could be the QB1, and I love getting him – you know, later versus kind of reaching in the second round on that top tier, or, or even maybe even trying to reach for Lamar or a field who I like a lot. I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable getting Herbert, you know, sort of in that sixth round area. I, I love that actually. Yeah. I mean, in ADP, it looks like he's going more in the, in the uh, fourth round. Um, oh, well, I guess fifth, I'd be more happy, but fourth, yeah. gosh, fourth is still, that's too high. Good grief. Yeah. I mean, it looks like these quarterbacks are all going pretty high. Um, like just looking at ADP, it's got according to Fantasy Pros, it's they've got Burrow going thirty second, Lamar thirty third, so actually Burrow ahead of Lamar. Hmm. Then they have Herbert at forty one, Fields at forty six, Lawrence at fifty five, and then they have a big drop. So basically, people are taking quarterbacks um, pretty aggressively up through Trevor Lawrence, and that's where you see the big drop off. And that's why I feel like I could have a lot of teams where. I have Tua or Daniel Jones yep. or Geno Smith as my starting QB because Tua is going 91. Uh, Daniel Jones is going 105. Geno is going 114. So, I mean, at that at that level, you could really load up on all the skill position players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could fill all your wide receiver spots, all your running back spots, your tight end spot, and then still get a really solid option at quarterback and a guy that any of those guys, it wouldn't shock me if they outscored even the top tier guys, you know, yes, yeah. it's, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. So, um, yeah. So I, I feel like it looks like quarterbacks are, people are probably overreacting a little bit to what happened last season where, um, there were these quarterbacks that were just huge weapons, um, in fantasy. And, uh, maybe, maybe the quarterbacks are, are going a little too early this season, the top guys. Yeah. Well, after you mentioned that ADP, I guess I'm not getting Justin Herbert <laughs> too many places. I mean, in a super flex league, like Scott Fishbowl, I got him, you know, sort of in the middle of that first round. So you can get him there. Um, but yeah, in a, in a regular redraft, maybe he's going a little bit too high for me because I agree. I say load up on running backs and wide receivers, uh, sort of in those early to middle rounds and then draft a Gino, a Daniel Jones, um, looks like we're both a little bit ahead of ECR on, on Anthony Richardson. So his ECR is 15. You said you have him 12 and I have him nine. So we're both a little bit higher on him for now. Yeah. I think he's going to continue to rise though. Cause that's yeah. one of those things where, I mean, I guess we're now in, you know, August 21st at recording tonight. So yeah. it is getting pretty late in the, in the preseason for him to still be that low. I, I would expect him to maybe jump a little bit more. Um, but I, I don't know. I, maybe not. I mean, it's uh, 
you know, he's he's an unproven commodity, and um, there's <laughs> that offense looks kind of gross. So, I mean, you look at some guys like I, you know, there's there's guys in these rankings that have high ADPs that we have not even mentioned. Uh, guys like Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers, yeah, uh, are going well ahead of um, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Anthony Richardson, and um, and Dak is going ahead of Tua as well. And I I just don't agree with that at all. Um, I, I, yeah, where where do you have Dak and and Rodgers? Yes, yeah, so that's a that's a good 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 way to move on to the next tier. So I do have Dak in my next tier. I have a tier with Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, and Russell Wilson. A lot of boring veteran names in that tier, and then yeah, I have Aaron Rodgers in my next tier of so like I'm not I'm not buying the Aaron Rodgers uh, hype train, hard knocks, <laughs> you know, changing teams, all that, and he could easily prove me wrong. He's been an MVP before. I, I don't I don't doubt that he could do it again, um, but I guess I am doubting it a little bit because I just you know I've seen him be like QB twenty twenty five, and like this just feels like a Matt Ryan situation at this point. Like Rodgers has has done a lot more in his career than a Matt Ryan, but. I don't know, man. We've seen some of these QBs get a little bit up there in age, and I just I'd much rather take that tier with Dak that I mentioned with Kirk Cousins, who has Justin Jefferson and now Jordan Addison, uh, some of these you know some of these weapons rather than and Jared Goff, who looked really good in that Detroit offense. So like I like that tier, and I've I've put Rodgers in a tier below that. What about you? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so this is where things start to get interesting yeah. because I, I actually have a tier of two here. And it is Cousins who you mentioned because mm-hmm. the thing about Cousins is like he always finishes between QB ten and fifteen every <laughs> single season. Yes, like and he's going to do it again. Like so he's like he is the he's like the high end version of like the 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 boring veteran you pair with Anthony Richardson in my opinion. Like sure. I know you mentioned Geno, but if I'm drafting Geno, like. I'm not even going to bother drafting Anthony Richardson. <laughs> uh, but if I draft Kirk Cousins, I want Anthony Richardson because I don't think Kirk Cousins is likely to finish inside the top 10. But I think he's very likely to finish in the 10 to 15 range among quarterbacks. So, like, if I draft him, I, I like the idea of getting an Anthony Richardson or a Deshaun Watson to pair with him for the upside. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy for me in this tier is actually Brock Purdy. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, I think if Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback for the 49ers, and by all uh, reports, that's going to be the case, like, he's going to put up low-end QB1 numbers. Like, he's go- he's going to be Kirk Cousins, basically. Hmm. Like, maybe even a little bit better than Kirk Cousins. Um, I just think he's got, obviously, a little bit more risk than Kirk Cousins. But um, but if you look at, at what Brock Purdy did uh, last season, I mean, like, once he took over that job, I mean, he was a QB one. Um, he, I'm, I'm, look, I'm pulling it up now. I've talked about this before. Um, from week 14 on, he was QB eight, QB 14, QB 13, QB nine, QB five. So like high of five, low of 14 every week. I mean, that's, so I think that's like, that's what I expect because Kyle Shanahan is a mastermind. They have so many weapons on that team. I mean, they've got, uh, great receivers, a great tight end, uh, one of the best, if not the best, pass catching running back in the league. Uh, we saw it with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he always put up good numbers, usable numbers in this offense. I think Brock Purdy can do the same. So, like for me, those guys, like Cousins and Purdy, are are the next tier. Like guys that are have a chance to be like QB twelve at the end of the season or something like that. And then mm-hmm. after that. I have got a tier with that includes Dak, but he's actually at the bottom of that tier. For me, it's Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Goff, and and Dak. 
Um, so I'm way below consensus on Dak, and I'm fine with that. Um, I just, you know, I have real concerns about um, that offense with Mike McCarthy and letting Kellen Moore go. I just think they're going to be a very conservative offense. Um, you know, you, you said you, you think the Jets might be <laughs> like that as well, um, and maybe so. Um, you know, Russell Wilson with, with Denver and, you know, with Sean Payton coming in, I, I don't know, like – you know, like back in the day, Sean Payton had these super explosive offenses with the Saints, but like over time, I feel like it got a little bit more conservative. Um, so like, I don't know how wide open that offense is going to be. Um, and then Jared Goff, you know, he's he's boring, but like, you know, he, I think he can definitely do what he did last season, which is which was pretty decent. So yeah. like to me, those guys are all like fine. They're like epitome of like, mid mid qb twos like that's kind of how i see that tier of guys well i i do I, i'm gonna agree with some and, and disagree a little bit with you here like let me let me start off by saying that like i think where we where we left off or at least where i left off in my tier i have geno smith at 13 and i have kirk cousins at 14 so that's my transition to a different tier and if i'm in a one qb league i, I want one of my my first like i want one of those top 13 guys i think you know in my first four tiers I don't necessarily want Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff being my QB1 because I do think they're a little bit boring. Like, I agree with you on Cousins. He's going to finish right around there, but, like, he's going to have some boring games. And, like, Brock Purdy, I mean, I'm, I, I can't argue the stats, but I'm looking at his game log. Like, it's a small sample, number one. They won all those games, a lot of them handily. He had, like, 20 to 25 pass attempts in four of those six games. You know, he was very efficient. He had He had multiple touchdown passes in all of them. You know, Kittle, Kittle, I mean, he had a great connection with Kittle. Kittle broke some really big plays for him. Um, again, it's small sample, and I just worry, like, he doesn't have the rushing upside to carry him. I think I have Purdy much lower. I have him at, let's see, 22, uh, 21 or 20, 21. So I have him quite a bit lower. Well, what do you think about well, what do you think about him compared to Jimmy Garoppolo, though? <sighs> I mean, I've got, I've got. Because, I mean, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better football player than than Brock Purdy? I mean, I don't really know yet. I haven't seen enough of Brock Purdy, you know, like it's, it's hard to say, but I have Garoppolo. I think, I think it's more, I think it's, it's, it's just as likely that Purdy is better than it is that Garoppolo is. I mean, but really I, I just, I'm, this is me basing it on him basically being Jimmy Garoppolo because yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo um, in 2021 was the QB 17. Uh, he was hurt in 2020, but in 2019 he was the QB 14. Um, so like, this is, just pretty much what you get from the starting quarterback for the 49ers. Like as long as that player is like running the offense and like, you know, just being a solid quarterback that isn't anything special. Like they are putting up that kind of like QB 15 kind of numbers. That's just, that's just what you get from that offense. So, um, and, and Brock Purdy showed that he can do that last season. So, uh, you know, I just, I think that there's a huge um, disconnect uh, in the marketplace on him. Like, I think he's a, a huge value basically. And, um, and, uh, you know, the only, the only question I really have is just like, is he fully healthy? You know, is, is there any chance of him having a short leash or anything like that? Yeah. I don't really think there is, but, um, obviously like if he struggled for a month or something, they have other options there. So yeah. that's like the only, the only risk factor for me with him. He's not, you know, it's kind of like what we were talking about on a higher end level with like um, Justin Fields or Anthony Richardson, just like not as proven, you know. So like 
there's just a little a little more risk uh, built in there. Yeah, for sure. And like as we're getting into the, these other tiers, I mean, we're starting to look into guys in my eyes who are solid QB twos. Like if you're in a super flex league, like I'd love to have Kirk Cousins, maybe a Brock Purdy. Like I have him lower, but I'm you know you could convince me that like hey look what he did and he could be that player. But like I don't necessarily want him to be my QB one for some of the reasons I kind of outlined. And and like you mentioned, like the risk of having some guys behind him where they could Shanahan could pull the plug on it and say look we're this is this is a Super Bowl ready team. This isn't working. I'm gonna let someone else. I'm gonna push my buttons and let someone else <laughs> you know go out there and do exactly what I want to do. But so far Purdy has shown. That he will do those things. So it sounds like the job's his. Uh, you might be right. He might be a good value this year. I mean, I would just be thrilled. Like, it, like you could completely punt quarterback in a single QB mm-hmm. league, and, and you could grab Brock Purdy, like, at the end of your draft. I mean, he's yep. going 170th uh, overall. So what is that? That's like the – my math isn't – what's 170 <laughs> divided by 12? I don't know. Like 15th round or something like that. You know, like he's going late. So um, – you know, it's it's one of those things. Like, uh, I just I I would be okay with him being my starting quarterback. I would draft another quarterback if I had him as my QB one. Like, I would I would like pairing him with Anthony Anthony Richardson could work. You know, or yeah. like um, pair him with Russell Wilson. See if you catch lightning in a bottle with him this season or something. You know, like um, or or you know, dra- stash Kyler Murray or something. I don't know, but like, mm. um, yeah, I, there's some risk there, but like. I, there's a lot of quarterbacks going ahead of him that I don't think should be. Well, I have Kyler Murray. Murray is an interesting one you mentioned because I'm look when I'm looking at ADP and I see Brock Purdy at what is he 22 and Kyler Murray's a couple spots below him. You we are you are starting to get into in a one QB league. You're getting toward the very end of your draft, and I think Kyler Murray is a name that you want to like. Depending on who you get, like I wouldn't draft. Maybe I wouldn't draft Anthony Richardson and Kyler Murray, um, but I would certainly draft Geno Smith and then have a Kyler Murray there. Or so, or something like that, right? Like because Kyler could be a late round quarterback steal this year. I mean, if he comes back, we've seen he could be a QB one. I just think that like people are catching on to this late round QB idea. And, but you're right, like a Brock Purdy, you could get toward the end. Kyler maybe like you don't want to forget about these guys. Like Kyler Murray should not be sitting out there on the waiver wire because if he's healthy and comes back, you know, in week three or four, something like that, then. Yeah, I think he's going to be a steal. I know the team's going to be bad. And there's a chance that, like, maybe he doesn't play for some reason or he's, he's still hurt, but then you just drop him. It's fine. Like, his, where you have to, like, what you have to pay to get Kyler Murray is like nothing now. And it's, it's a great spot. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about it on the show before. Like, uh, our rankings up at rosrankings.com are for value purposes uh, in, you know, like how you should approach your draft, like, where, how you should draft guys. Whereas, like, the rankings at Fantasy Pros, are more of like a, a mathematical prediction of who's going to finish with the most fantasy points for the entire season. Mm-hmm. And we know that Kyler Murray is going to miss time. I mean, he could like, I, I almost feel like it's a best case scenario that he's back in, in week three or four. I don't, I'm not yeah. really anticipating that, you know, I'm more seeing him as like a second half of the season guy, maybe. Um, and of course, you know, the Cardinals are, are going to be probably out of the playoff hunt by then. So, the question is, do they even want to bring him back at that point? Um, but, uh, you know, we see teams do that all the time. We see teams that are out of the playoff hunts want to get their star players back anyway because, uh, you know, there's only six, 17 games a season and they're, they're primetime must-watch TV and, uh, you know, ratings and, the, you know, 
merchandise sales and ticket sales and yeah. all these kind of things, um, they still want to get the, their star players back. So, I, I you know I feel like there's a decent chance that Kyler Murray plays eight games this season and um, could be really uh, a top ten quarterback in those eight games. You know, yeah. so um, so like when it comes to these tiers, I have him in a tier of his own uh, right after that that tier of Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, and Dak Prescott. Um, in the fantasy pros rankings, I have him significantly lower. That's actually the place where it's a little harder for me to decide where to rank him because then you're just sort of trying to game out how many games he's going to miss. Like right now yep. I've got him 32nd at quarterback because I'm just <laughs> basically <laughs> assuming he's going to miss half the season. And if he does, like I don't think he can outscore Mac Jones. <laughs> you know, like eight games of, of Kyler Murray versus 17 of Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones can still outscore him. <laughs> so, like, yeah. that's kind of what I'm trying to game out with the fantasy pros rankings. But that's why we have our own rankings on our site um, to help you uh, with those drafts because uh, those fantasy pros rankings and all the analysts are playing the same game. You know, it's a it's a math game. It's not, it's not a draft value game. Yeah, and we try to do our math offline. It's always dicey when you try to do it quickly on the podcast live. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, exactly. But yeah, I, I'm with you on Kyler too. Like, I think I need to move him up on, on the ROS ranking site because you're right. I think he belongs in that 20th range. I like that you have him in a tier of his own. I think that makes total sense. Um, on Fantasy Pros, I have him like at 26 or 27, but I think he does belong sort of around 20. And yeah, the other thing that I just thought of is like, we're not seeing like these little, you know, short term IR and pup designations yet, but we're going to start seeing that pretty soon. Like a week from now, uh, maybe if you're listening to this, you know, sort of like the week before game start, if you have a late draft, Kyler's someone who you can draft sort of in the maybe like third or fourth to last round of your draft, right? Don't wait till the last round because he, he, he's not going to go that late, I don't think. But you might be able to draft him and then put him on that IR and then just pick up your defense or kicker or whatever you need to. Like, don't draft a kicker, you know? We've talked about that before. Just wait and then you can like pick up a kicker beforehand and stash Kyler. So you get like an extra pick there. Yep, exactly. And I think I think it makes sense for Kyler to be like the last quarterback that I could see you potentially drafting in a single quarterback league. Like I I have trouble seeing any other quarterback beyond that um being worth taking in a single QB league. Now, I know there might mm. be some people out there that might say Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, maybe Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, guys like that belong in that conversation for upside, but like it's a long way up to the top 12, you know, like maybe one of those guys makes it there, but like coming into the season, I, I wouldn't anticipate it, you know? So, um, you know, I, I just, in a, in a super flex league, those guys are really key players to draft, but in a single QB league, uh, I, I would just take Kyler before I would consider those guys. Yeah, and in a single QB league, I'm looking at those guys who you just mentioned, like Kenny Pickett has a week six buy. Those those rookies have a week seven buy. Like they might be on the waiver wire. Come the you know if if bye weeks start hitting, um, if they're not playing great, like granted they might come out hot and be awesome, and you might miss out. But I just think I don't see that scenario. Uh, the one name you didn't uh, talk about there was Derek Carr, who is another pretty boring pick. He's sort of Kirk Cousins light to me. Uh, I have him at twentieth. Uh, now with the Saints, uh, if Michael Thomas is actually healthy, which big if, um, but you know Chris Olave's an emerging star there. Uh, they've got like 20 tight ends, uh, including your boy Taysom Hill. I don't know how they're going to use him this year with Derek Carr there, but we've seen Derek Carr be, you know, a top 15 quarterback. Uh, we've seen seen him be an MVP candidate. Uh, things like I can't, did he win the MVP one year, Derek Carr? I know he was. I don't think so. I know he was in the running. 
you know, he's he's had some really good good seasons, and I just think like the Saints have a cake schedule. Like they're the favorites to win uh, the NFC South. The Falcons are kind of right behind behind them, but I just think they have a they have an easy schedule. Uh, they play some cupcake teams, uh, divisions, uh, you know, with outside of their own. And I think Derek Carr could have a nice season. I I don't necessarily want him to be my QB one. Like I said, I'd like to have like one of those top thirteen guys we talked about at the top of the show. But in a super flex league, Derek Carr to me is like a nice number two, similar to a Kirk Cousins. Um, but just you know, quite a bit later, not quite as much stability. Like you, like you said, Kirk Cousins is probably going to be like the QB fourteen. Derek Carr, I think he'll probably be like the QB eighteen or twenty. Right. Yeah. No, that was an oversight on my on my part not to mention Derek Carr. I I actually think he belongs in the in the tier for me with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, and Dak Prescott. Oh, okay. Like, uh, because honestly, in a single quarterback league, I, I just don't I don't really want any of those guys as my starter. But like <laughs> in a super flex league, I feel great about any of those guys as my QB too. Yep. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that's kind of where I'm at on it. And um, honestly, in like a single quarterback league, like I'm very unlikely to draft any of those guys because I'll probably have drafted a quarterback prior to when I would consider those guys. And then if I'm going to take a second quarterback, it would be Kyler, like, because he's the one that has the upside uh, and the one you can, like you said, stash on the pup list or on, on IR to begin the season and not even have to use a, a roster spot on him. So like I would definitely draft Kyler ahead of those guys um, in a single quarterback league, uh, assuming I've already drafted a, another quarterback that's ranked higher. So, um, so that's wh- where you start to see these really big differences between single quarterback and super flex leagues in terms of the strategy. Cause in a, in a super flex league, that tier of quarterbacks are, are guys you really need to um, prioritize in single quarterback leagues. They're, they're, they're really not. Yeah. And you mentioned some guys like Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, uh, Kenny Pickett. I have like Stroud and Pickett 23, 24, Someone I have ahead of them is Matthew Stafford, um, who, again, these are all guys where if I'm drafting them in a one QB league, I'm probably picking someone else because I'm not that confident that Matthew Stafford is, is going to survive the season, right? He's dealt with some back injuries. Uh, these other guys are rookies. We don't know what they're going to be like. So these are guys who, and you mentioned Purdy as well. I have him down there, but I just think these are, I have these guys in a tier where I'm like, look, if I'm drafting them, hopefully I've already drafted someone else or I'll draft someone even later, uh, you know, like a Kyler Murray, like I could do a Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray. Maybe Matthew Stafford plays in September and then Kyler Murray comes back and Stafford gets hurt. So you can do stuff like that where you're drafting two quarterbacks, but I don't feel great about them being my first quarterback either. Yeah. At this point, it's almost like I would almost just transition the conversation to be like a super flex focus. Cause I yeah. just, I mean, to me, the way I did it with the tiers after Kyler um, was I did the, like the young upside tier and then like the boring veteran tier. So um, I my upside tier is is Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud in that order. Uh, and then my boring veteran tier is is Ryan Tannehill, Stafford, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm, yeah. um, so like. <laughs> You know, in a single quarterback league, like I said, I'm not drafting any of these guys. If it was going to be one, it would be one of the young guys. But I'm not – like, you can't really go into a draft thinking – I mean, maybe if you draft Cousins as your starting quarterback and you miss out on Anthony Richardson, you miss out on Deshaun Watson, like maybe you'd say, oh, what the heck, I'll take Sam Howell in the last round or I'll take Bryce Young in the last round. You know, like I could see that, I guess. But um, but generally speaking, like um, – I, these guys are like I, Howell is the one that's kind of moved up for me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by him. Yeah. Um, 
from a super flex perspective because like he does really seem like he has the rushing upside um that's pretty intriguing and then i think he's got pretty good weapons there in terms of a one-two punch with terry mclaurin and john dotson like i like that a lot um i I like that they have eric Bieniemy calling the plays now like they're gonna have an innovative offense so like i actually like him better than bryce young and cj stroud for this season i uh, those guys, I just, I'm a little worried they're going to have very um, vanilla conservative offenses. Maybe they get to, you know, open things up a little bit late in the season, but um, I, I, and I don't think they're going to run as much as Howell either. So from a fantasy perspective, um, I think Pickett and Howell, um, I feel a little bit better about in terms of adding some rushing value, having the weapons at wide receiver. Um, so I, I take those two over the the guys that were picked at the very top of the draft this last season. <laughs> Interesting, because uh, yeah, I have. I mean, that's probably that's probably against the grain of what most people are doing, and it's definitely not not what I'm thinking. I I have I definitely have Bryce Young, the highest of all those guys you just mentioned. I actually like some of the weapons they have there. I know like Adam Thielen could be totally dust at this point. Dust. His, yeah, <laughs> at this point in his career, but like you know, if DJ Chark can stay healthy, like he's coming off a little bit of an injury. Um, Jonathan, yeah. they drafted Jonathan Mingo, who I liked a lot coming out. Um, so they they have some weapons, but you're I mean you're right. Like Terrace, that's got to be like a bottom five wide receiver group in the NFL, don't you think? Well, I mean it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to look at them all. I mean, again, if if they don't stay healthy, it's kind of the same thing I was talking about with Baltimore. Like I think I mean Baltimore has a lot younger guy. I mean Odell Beckham. What's the difference between him and Adam Thielen? I mean they both might play five games. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like it, I think there's yeah, injury but, uh, risk there. Yeah, I mean I think Beckham is a more dynamic player than Thielen. Um, and uh, and also like you know there's the other guys like they don't have a Mark Andrews yeah they don't and I mean I, they do have Frank Reich there now I, I think I, I think your point is like they could have some very vanilla offenses I think C J Stroud is even more likely to have that with D'Amico Ryan's coming over I think they they're gonna be run the ball run the ball you know but I think Bryce Young could get a little bit more you know open up the offense so I have him highest but I'm actually gonna have to mention my guy Desmond Ritter here because I have him higher than Sam Howell and both of these guys I mean they're second year guys um, I like Desmond Ritter more coming out of college I think Sam Howell's an interesting prospect because like if he had come out a year before he was looked at as like a top five pick and then he stayed in college and didn't do himself any favors and Desmond Ritter did when he <laughs> led Cincinnati to like the BCS you know uh, games and all that but yeah I just think that like Ritter I think I think here's what I think about Sam Howell I think Jacoby Brissett could end up playing a lot there, just like he did last year. Um, now, last year it was because uh, Deshaun Watson was out, but like Ron Rivera could be like, "Look, I'm looking at like my job <laughs> security here." And I think if Sam Sam Howell isn't good, I think we could see Jacoby Brissett, who was very serviceable last year in Cleveland. So I think Ritter might have a longer leash with Taylor Heineke behind him. I know we're talking about a lot of Washington quarterbacks here and former Washington quarterbacks, but I think Ritter could just be a lot safer. And he threw a lot more toward the end of the season. They started opening up and, and passing it a lot more down the stretch. So I actually I actually like Ritter over Sam Howell. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm not super shocked that you like Ritter because you do have him in our dynasty league. I right? do. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty low on Ritter. Uh, I just – I think that that Falcons team is just going to be so run heavy again this season. Um, I'm, you're making me look now about them opening up the offense last season. I mean – he threw for 224 yards in week 18. I guess that was like his high. <laughs> yeah, I mean the attempts. Uh, the attempts went up. Yeah, the attempts. The, went up. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I I still think they're going to be one of the most run heavy teams 
in the league. I, I sort of feel like, um, I, I, to me, it's I, I see in terms of the skill set, the point you're making. Like, I you know, I think you could make an argument that maybe Ritter is a is a better player than Howell, or at least he he has a higher you know draft pedigree and all that. Um, but neither of them had a super high draft pedigree, you know. So it's not like yep. that's I'm not going to put that much weight on that. Um, I'm more like interested in the system, like the Eric B enemy system just feels a lot more interesting to me for fantasy value than, than what the Falcons have going. Yeah, so that's a good point. Um, yeah. So for that reason, I, there's a kind of sizable difference for me with those two. I, I have Ritter down in a tier with, um, with Baker Mayfield, Jordan love and Mac Jones. They're kind of like the last tier of like, definite starters um and i don't maybe baker mayfield's not even a definite starter I, i'm just sort of thinking he's gonna start um but i don't know maybe kyle trask if like he keeps putting the heat on i, I sh- i'll move baker mayfield down um and trask up i mean i i already do have trask as like one of the along with colt mccoy kind of being the most desirable um backups quote unquote i mean colt mccoy is probably going to start the season right. as the starter but um but in, you know, beyond QB thirty-two, I guess you could say um, it's it's those two guys for me. But um, but just going back to those other, that other tier, I mean, I actually like Ryan Tannehill uh, a little bit more than Matthew Stafford this season. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's close. Um, but Tannehill's a guy that has been a pretty sneaky good fantasy quarterback in the past, and um, you know that that kind of didn't happen last season, of course, but. Um, now he's got DeAndre Hopkins, who I, I'm not like I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is is anything close to what he used to be, but I do think he's like the kind of player that can like you know be funneled targets and and you know give them at least some threat in the passing game. Um, so I don't know, I like it's it's close between those two. Like I think they're both um, and and Garoppolo too. I'd say are all like those guys all. Um, are guys I could I could see in a in a super flex league being okay with as my as my QB two. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not ideal, but it's serviceable. Yeah, and Tannehill could be due for some positive regression in the rushing as well. Like he had seven rushing touchdowns in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, just two last year. So he's and and also like I mean he was dinged up a little bit. He just didn't have the rushing yards like he had previously. So like if he can get a couple hundred rushing yards, that's just a nice little bonus to throw in there. Now he's getting older. And all that, but like he's he now has Will Levis, young buck back there pushing him. So maybe he'll try to get or out. Malik there. Willis, if you look at the reports, it or sounds like it could be he could be ahead of Levis on the depth chart right now. Yeah, well, I mean th- that I mean that right there only uh, makes me like Tannehill even more because like the fact that those two guys are behind him, I think this is Tannehill's job. Again, I, I talked about that AFC South. I mean, I like the Jags to win it, but I could see the Titans win. The Titans are always like Vrabel gets those guys ready to play. I mean, they could easily win this division. And if they're in the mix, there's no way Vrabel's going to just throw it to Malik Willis, I don't think, in week eight or nine, if they're, right. you know, I, if they're five and two or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. I don't, I don't see like a Titans bottoming out scenario, really. I mean, no, like, not yet. They, they may, if they miss the playoffs, it will be like in the final week or two of the season. Like, that's yeah. just, that's, that's the Titans. They're always in in the thick of it. They're like the Patriots, you know. It's a, it doesn't have to be pretty, yeah. but like they're gonna be in the thick of it. So absolutely, um, yeah. So I think Ryan Tannehill starts all season, and uh, and I think he could 
he could be a serviceable low end QB two. Well, I think Jordan Love starts all season too. I mean, he's looked good in the preseason. He, I have him as my QB twenty seven. I have him right behind Ryan Tannehill. So I have him in a tier with guys like Mac Jones and some other guys you mentioned. Um, so like, I mean, he's got he's got some some decent weapons and Christian Watson, uh, Romeo Dobbs. I mean, he lost some of his weapons. Uh, they went out to the Jets. So it's it's a young group and they're going to run the ball a lot too. But like, I just look at the depth chart there and like, what are they going to do? I mean, I think they're going to let Jordan Love be their guy. So he could fail, but like we're talking about, like we're getting pretty low here. Uh, I, I would be okay with Jordan Love. Like again, like in a super flex league, this might be your QB three, you know? So like, yeah, I, I'm, I'd be fine with that with Jordan Love. Yeah, and it wouldn't take a lot for me to move him up. I've got him at QB 30, and I have Ritter at 31. But, like, if if I just saw some reason to believe in those guys, like, I could easily move them up into the tier with um, with Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud because they're, mm-hmm. they're young. They've got potential, you know. So, like, it, it's not out of the – you know, it's it's those two. Like, Love and Ritter and Mac Jones are all – they're all young still. Um, I just – I just have a lot of skepticism about those passing attacks. Like, I just don't, yeah. I just don't feel great about it. You know, I kind of feel like whoever is the quarterback for Tampa Bay is going to be better than those three guys just because of the weapons that they're going to have to work with. You know, yeah. um, you just don't have those weapons with those teams. Um, so uh, I think those are going to be really conservative, run heavy uh, offenses in Atlanta, Green Bay, and New England. Yeah, and I, I also have, you mentioned Tampa. I have Baker Mayfield at 32. He's sort of like that last, <laughs> who I think is going to be the starting quarterback for me. And then I have a tier. You mentioned Colt McCoy, Ta- Kyle Trask. I mentioned Jacoby Brissett and Taylor Heineke. I have a tier with those four guys because, again, like I said, I just I think Jacoby Brissett could get some starts. Uh, and then, again, if I'm wrong about Ritter, like Taylor Heineke's there. I think, again, this is a this is a winnable division as well. So I do see a scenario where we could see Heineke, maybe Ritter gets hurt, something like that. But Heineke, man, talk about opening up the offense. Like he he looked good at times for Washington, and that guy's a baller. Like at Old Dominion University, Taylor Heineke, uh, <laughs> give him a little shout out there. He's I, I like him. I, I like this guy, and uh, yeah, he's he's my QB thirty six. I think he's a solid backup. But to your point about the offense, like if they don't open it up and they just run the ball and try to play good defense, like their defense has improved, um, maybe maybe I should consider moving Heineke down if anyone from this tier for me yeah I'm like at this point I'm trying to like when it comes to these backup quarterbacks I'm trying to think like of course it's from a super flex perspective and it's Mm -hmm. it's sort of like which of these guys if they got an opportunity could actually be really good in fantasy you know and I I, to me the list of guys I think Mike White um with the Dolphins like I mean we've seen Tua's concussion issues like if Tua went down I think Mike White like I was really a fan of what Mike White did with the Jets. I thought he was a really he was a gamer, man. Yep, like he, he was, was a, a good player, you know. And I I think he could step right in and give you 90% of what Tua gives you like if Tua went down. So, like he's he's a high upside backup quarterback, I think. Um Trey Lance, you know, like he's got to beat out Sam Darnold, <laughs> um but like if if I'm hedging on Brock Purdy, I mean Trey Lance still has like theoretical massive upside, you know, yeah. uh, if he got the opportunity, like pretty much any quarterback that's starting for San Francisco is going to pique my interest. Uh, you know, as I pointed out when I was gushing over Brock Purdy, um, <laughs> well, in, an, you in, know, in a one QB league too, I mean, you could take Brock Purdy late and then you could take Trey Lance if you really wanted to, because I mean, they have a week nine by Purdy's the starter week one. So you could have both guys and just kind of see how it goes. You don't have to. Yeah. And then Sam Darnold ends up being the starter. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't draft three quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, some other there's some other uh, high upside backups too. Like I I think Tyler Huntley um, yeah. is kind of the handcuff for Lamar. Snoop. Like, last year it didn't work out as well, but um, the year before I think he was pretty good um, stepping in for Lamar. So. Um, he could be like a, a borderline QB one if Lamar went down. Yeah, uh, Jameis Winston, I still think is talent wise probably the most talented backup quarterback in the league. Um, so I mean, Derek Carr has been very durable throughout his career, yeah. but if he did happen to mi- to miss time, I think Jameis would be interesting. Um, well, Gardner Minshew, even though he's not starting now, yeah. like maybe it just goes horribly wrong <laughs> with Anthony Richardson and like. Honestly, you know, I was talking about I, I'm not sure how high Richardson's ceiling is. Like, I actually think Minshew might be kind of comparable to, to Richardson if he was the starter. Like, I think he could maybe be like a low-end QB1, high-end QB2 kind of player potentially if he if he was the starter there. Yeah, well, as we're talking about these guys, I'm, I'm actually going to move Mike White up a little bit. I mean, we're talking about guys way late. These are, it's like super flex. But another name you didn't mention who I'm going to move up a few spots who I, I really do like is Jarrett Stidham. Uh, you know, with Sean Payton there now in Denver, I could see a scenario where maybe Russell Wilson <laughs> isn't, you know, what what people think he could bounce back and maybe even be comeback player of the year, you know, this and that. I mean, that's probably going to be DeMar Hamlin. Uh, you know, it's kind of his award probably. But, like, if we're looking outside of that, like, people are talking about Russell Wilson having a bounce back year with Payton. But what if he doesn't? I mean, Jarrett Stidham, there was a lot of offseason hype about, like, how Payton liked him and all this. So, you never know, man. Like week four, week five, uh, maybe Russell gets dinged up a little bit and then has some fake injury, and they insert Jarrett Sidham and see what he can do. Because you know he got inserted last year, I think, uh, with the Raiders, right, and had a couple decent games, just sort of in garbage, uh, <laughs> garbage time, as it were, like toward the end of the season when the season was over. But he's an interesting one. I have him stashed in our dynasty league as well. Yeah, makes sense. How about your boy Andy Dalton? <laughs> just in case, uh, <laughs> in case. Uh, He's forced into action again like he was last season. In case of emergency, break Andy Dalton. Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, I mean, he's definitely got that backup quarterback job. I definitely see him as just like the mentor uh, and in case, you know, Bryce Young gets hurt. But but sure, like he could he could certainly jump in there in case of a, an injury. But I don't think Bryce Young is getting benched. Yeah, I, I think when we get to guys like Jacoby Brissett, Dalton, uh, Bailey Zappi is another one, yeah. Heineke. Like, these guys I don't even think need to be drafted in a super flex league, but they're certainly, like, watch list guys. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, and then a couple QB3s who we briefly mentioned, Sam Darnold and Clayton Toon. I mean, these these guys, um, there's just an outside chance <laughs> that these guys are starting games. Um, I mean, Clayton Toon could theoretically start in week one I, I don't see it happening but it's theoretically possible uh Sam Darnold I, I I think he would need an injury um another injury to Brock Purdy probably to uh sniff the starting uh lineup but like I said because of the upside of that offense like if he jumps um Trey Lance in the packing order like he's a, a interesting um sort of stash i guess or at least watch this guy yeah i think another another name i'll just throw out real quick i know we're getting super deep if we're talking qb3s i think aiden o'connell is gaining a little bit of steam uh rookie out of purdue um yeah you know you mentioned jimmy g there was a lot of offseason talk about him maybe not even passing his physical you know and not starting week one and all this and of course they have brian hoyer there who's ancient at this point and and knows the new england style system and all that but like again this this season could get away from uh, the Raiders, you know, they're, I think they're over under is five and a half or six and a half wins. So we could be looking at a four or five win team again, uh, in Las Vegas. So 
maybe Aiden O'Connell gets a shot in the second half. So that's a name to to be aware of and add to that watch list. Yeah, totally agree with that one. I think um, he's he's for me he's like uh, in that in that group in terms of you know guys like Tyler Huntley, Jameis Winston, these these backup quarterbacks that are worth knowing about. Yep, for sure. All right. Well, I think we've uh, we've covered a lot of ground here. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and it's going to be even more ground to cover in the coming days when we're talking about running backs and wide receivers. Yep. Uh, so buckle up. It's going to be a busy uh, <laughs> week here at ROS Rankings and the Rest of Season Rankings podcast. Um, so we'll be we'll be coming back at you again soon. Uh, but if you have any questions for us in the meantime, you can always reach out to us on Twitter or X or whatever. They're going to call it tomorrow. Uh, I am at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I am at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, share, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.